You are now listening to The Gina Lee Nolan Show. Hey everybody, it's Gina Lee Nolan here. It is Valentine's Day, so I hope that you are with the ones you love. And I always say that self-love is even more important than anything. So if you find yourself alone today, embrace it and love yourself. Anyway, today, with all that love in our heart, we have such a special guest. She has been on more than 500 magazine covers. She's been in Sports Illustrated several times. She's been the face of major beauty campaigns. She's a host. She's an actress. She's a mother of three beautiful boys, a newlywed, and she happens to be a thigh sister. So I am so excited and honored to have Miss Kim Alexis. Hey, Kim. Hi. Happy Valentine's. <laughs> I know, right? It's such a perfect day to interview you because I, I, I find you beautiful inside and out. Oh, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I'm asking you questions that, that I want to know. And I know, I know the audience wants to know. But I want to know how on God's green earth you got into such, uh, such a whirlwind of a business as, yeah. you know, labeled a supermodel. Well, yeah, the supermodel term ended up being developed probably five, five years into working. But when I was 17, um, which was 41 years ago, oh my goodness. Um, I was a senior in high school and uh, taking college calculus and trying to figure out my life. I was swimming five and a half hours a day. And um, my the, the fall of my senior year, I had applied at a bunch of colleges and got accepted at university, well, a bunch of them, but University of Rhode Island was where I was going to go in the five-year five, five pharmacy program and on their swim team. So I thought I had my life planned. And so I thought, well, I'll just go to modeling school to uh, make some extra money so I didn't have to worry about asking my dad every five minutes for money. Yeah. So I enrolled in a modeling school. Way back then, it was like a charm school in Buffalo, New York. And I'd come from swimming with wet hair, and I was a tomboy, so I'd show up in like jeans and a t-shirt, and there'd be all these young women a little bit older than me, and they were all decked out, and they had their portfolios, and they had bags filled with undergarments that I'd never heard of before. Um, so they knew how to put on their makeup and they were learning how to walk and how to present themselves. And so I'm in this class struggling through this for weeks and weeks and weeks. And, um, one day a, a, a guy was sitting in the corner, this little tiny short guy, and he kept staring at me and I thought, Oh, this is weird. And mm -hmm. then the head of the agency that was running this whole school called me into her office. And I remember thinking, oh man, I'm getting kicked out because I really felt like I didn't belong. I felt like a fish out of water. I didn't want to do all the hair and makeup. Right. I didn't want to do all the, I was just a tomboy. I was not used to all that. So you were swimming. I get, and, I, yeah. And going to yeah, pharmaceutical school. Yeah. And I was playing clarinet in the band. I was in the marching band and the concert band Aww. and I was an honor society. I mean, I was busy. Yeah. I was in 
church youth group. I'm, I don't know how I did all those things, but I did. So, um, yeah, I walk into the class and I walk the way I was supposed to walk and the, that old charm school thing of how you sit and how you cross your ankles. And so I'm sitting there and this guy is in the room and he's like, how would you like to go to New York and be a model? And I said, no, thank you. I want to be a pharmacist. Wow. And so they just Drop kept the asking me over and over again. And I'm like, no, thank you, because I dreamed of my hair and curlers at night, cold cream on my face, and eating carrot sticks for dinner. And I thought, this is not mm. me. I Swimming five and a half hours a day, I was eating a piece of cheesecake before dinner. Right. So I just thought, no, this is not my life. I, I, I just don't belong here. So this guy was so persistent. And finally, I said, okay, take your dumb photos. So he took photos, and um, they sent them to New York. He was a Scout for Elite with John Casablanca. Mm-hmm. Well, John makes a Discover a Model Day in Buffalo because he wants to come and see me. So he signs me immediately with all the girls that I had been in front of this class with, where I felt like the fish out of water. I'm signed to a year contract, guaranteed money, wow. in New York City with Elite Models. And then he had me parade all these other girls from the class up to him and said, what do you think about her? What do you think about her? Should I sign her? And I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. So here I was thinking that I was going to get kicked out. And not only that, but it, my life turned 180 degrees where now I'm the one in the driver's seat and I'm the one with the contract and everyone else was envious of me. So I waited till I graduated high school. My birthday's in the summer and um, I turned 18. And two days after I turned 18, I went to New York City and I had pictures taken, and two days later, I was in Rome and Paris for Italian Bazaar collection. Four wow. days later, I had my first cover of Bazaar. Oh, that is incredible. So, what, did, what did your folks <laughs> think of this? Were they eyeballing they, this, this John yeah, Casablanca? They, well, they like John. Mm. They like John Casablanca. So, um, he is charming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my parents, my dad looked at me and said, don't ever say I could have done this. He says, go ahead and try it so you don't regret later on not doing something. So I took off a year of, of going to college and um, went to New York City. And I think that I had to be successful right away because I would have walked away from the business. Right. It was um, it was a tough business. So I had a glamour cover so in America, my first cover was Glamour of December of 78. Wow. That is, that is, I mean, talk about being thrusted into the limelight. Like, yes. feeling like you didn't belong. And, you know, meanwhile, you're the one that's picked out of all these girls. Uh, yeah. I still, if I look back on it, I still feel like I don't belong in a way. I mean, I'm the, if if I'm in a room of, you know, a million people, I'm probably still the diva of the whole thing of what I've, my life has been and what I've done, but I don't consider myself as um, really belonging there. I think you and I are a lot alike in that sense. You know, we've talked a yeah. little bit about that. We've been to events and different things. And, you know, it's interesting because when you when you look back at, at your body of work and or what people perceive you to be, and that's not how we necessarily view ourselves. No. So I think sometimes people, I mean, for me anyway, I think people are disappointed (laughs) when they they meet me because they're like, wait a minute, she's kind of boring. Uh, See, that's bad. But I think the same thing. I mean, I think people look at me and they're like, she's a supermodel. And it's like, 
they expect you to walk off the pages of a magazine looking right. the same way. They expect you to walk around in your little red swimsuit right. looking all all uh, all that. So not happening. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what? I applaud that. I think it's great. And and by the way, I have to say that. I mean, come on. I've. I mean, you look absolutely fabulous. You're looking well. So do you. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so with you know, here you are in New York. You're on uh, or in at Paris. You're traveling. You're you're going all over the place, um, and you have this sudden success. How was it? As far as you know, were you always just real? You know, just a slim girl. Did you have you know issues with your food, your diet, your? So when I was discovered by John in March of my senior year in high school, um, before I went to New York and then Rome and Paris in July of that year. He parted me with seven words. You need to lose 15 pounds. Mm. I was swimming five and a half hours a day. I was five foot 10, 145 pounds of muscle. I was number one in New York state in um, a medley relay. I was ninth in fly and like 12th in backstroke in the whole state of, of New York. And so those words still still haunt me. Like I'm not good enough. Like I'm not thin enough. And I battle with that because I want to be healthy. My body is not naturally super thin. My body is muscular and I, I thrive on working out and, and staying active. And so I was never one of those skinny little tiny waif girls that smoked cigarettes and could go all day long without eating. I just right. don't function that way. So I went through horrible, horrible mental anguish and and just um, freaky weird diets and starving myself. Yeah. So one time I was working for American Vogue, and um, it was with Irving Penn, who's one of the more famous photographers. Mm-hmm. He's now dead, but um, a wonderful gentleman, just very... Very um, wonderful work, but very well known and um, and just a polite gentleman. So here I am doing Vogue. It's just me, and it takes three hours to do hair and makeup, and and then they're ironing the clothes and picking out the earrings, and they get me dressed. And Mr. Penn says we're breaking for lunch, and I had felt fat that morning. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm you know don't want to feel fat. Now I worked for American Vogue at that point all the time. And uh, was on a cover every other month, but still, mm. I was always trying to do my best. And so I decided it's a, this is a good idea from Kim, just not to eat at all. Right. So with Mr. Penn, once you've got all your hair and makeup on, I had makeup in my ears. You know oh, when yeah. they do the back of your every single yeah. piece of skin <laughs> showing, so the backs of my hands. So I didn't want to take my clothes off. But you also can't sit down because then you weren't wrinkled. So I'm standing mm-hmm. propped up on the corner watching everyone eat, starving. Yeah. And um, they get through lunch, and he finally puts me on set. And he's got one of the old-fashioned cameras. So he's looking through that and standing on his tripod. Um, the, the camera was on a tripod, and he was sitting. And he kept looking through the lens. Then he'd look at me, and then he'd look through the lens again. Finally, he turned around to the editor at Vogue, and he says, I can't work with her. Her eyes are dead. And he looked at me, says, get off that. Oh my. And I never worked with him again. I never saw Gosh. him again. And this is after several so, covers of American Vogue. 
Right, but I didn't do them with Penn. So I still right. worked with American Vogue, but I never worked with him again. You so know, it, it might have been because you were, needed food. you were tired. You were starving yourself and you had no energy. Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's brutal. And what about being, yeah. uh, and, and I can relate to things like, I mean, these these types of stories very well. Um, what was it like fitting in with the other models? And um, I'm I'm guessing you were in a model's apartment. And I started in a model's apartment for about three months, and then I made enough money to be able to go off and have my own place. And I had never been alone before. I had a mom who was very hands-on, and mm-hmm. I realized I didn't like being alone. Yeah. I did horrible being alone. I still am not a great person being alone. I love people. I get my energy from other people. And so um, I went through a really hard time just living in a little apartment all by myself at 18 years old. Like, where do I go? What do I do? So, and New York um, is very intimidating, helped. too. I mean, it's... Yeah. I mean, it helped because I was working all the time. So most of the time when I went home, it was just to lick my wounds. But because I was a swimmer, um, I used to watch the wrestling team run up and down our bleachers. And I lived in, I I grew up in Buffalo, New York. So in the winter, you had to train inside. So the wrestlers used to run up and down our bleachers where it was really steamy and hot in the pool with a big black garbage bag on because it helped them sweat and to lose Mm -hmm. weight. So when I first went to New York and I was living by myself, I used to run up and down First Avenue with a black garbage bag (sighs) underneath my workout clothes. (laughs) So So these are the stories that people don't see. They just, you know, it's like, it's crazy. All because you you have that voice in the back of your your head saying, you need to lose, you know, 15, 20 pounds, whatever it is. When you were perfectly fit. And healthy. Yeah, so five foot ten, one hundred and forty five pounds is pretty healthy. But yeah. he wanted me at one thirty. I can't. I I can't stay there. Yeah, I wish I was one hundred and forty five now. <laughs> as we get older. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of getting older, uh, so you went through this, you know, this highly, highly successful career, and and I got to kind of go down your memory lane um, prior to doing this interview. And I mean, wow, like I just, I was like, wow, wow, wow. Um, so I, I definitely can see why you were labeled a supermodel. Um, yeah, it was, it, it's kind of just thrown in my lap. I mean, I was yeah. on the cover of Vogue every other month. Brooke Shields was one month, I was the other. Mm-hmm. One time I had three in a row. So I think that's probably a record. And the other was Glamour Magazine. I was uh, I hold the record for having the most covers with that magazine. Wow. Wow. So they would try other models to for a cover and then last minute call me and say, we're going to press and we need you. Yeah. You know, what we did didn't work, so we need you to come in and do a cover. So I would race in last minute and do a cover. And and what was it? You know, you did Sports Illustrated as well. Yeah. Back yep. Back then... I know everything has sort of changed and they're really embracing curves and um, younger women uh, as far as, um, you know, body image and that type of thing, which I think is wonderful. Uh, but but back then, did you have the stress uh, of being a certain weight or did they have certain expectations? 
when I first got hired, I walked into Sports Illustrated in jeans and a t-shirt. And I think I used to wear pearls back then, a string of pearls. <laughs> so, so I remember proper. walking So East in. Coast. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Now I wouldn't be caught dead with a string of pearls. Mm. Anyways, um, I walked in and talked to Julie Campbell and just had a conversation. And she said, okay, you're hired. And I didn't have to do anything. She just knew. Mm-hmm. So when we did, I did my first shoot in November, October, November of 1981, and it came out 82. So however many years that is, 37 years ago. Yeah. And wow. um, yeah. And so it was just, I I didn't really have to do much. I was just kind of fit back then at 21 years old. Um, I did do one issue five months after I'd had my first son. So my, Jamie was born April of 86. So in October, November, when they shoot for 86 for the 1987 issue, I had just had to drop all the weight Mm. that I'd gained from my son. And I ran the New York city marathon right after I did the the uh, Sports Illustrated so within five or six months after Jamie was born. Well, that's that's so, impressive. I, but, but yeah, yeah, but having to lose, I, I did the same thing with with my my son um, while we were in production with Baywatch, uh, where I had to I had three months to get it off, um, and I was back in a suit. So it, it it is it's and I think I think during the pregnancy I was just I don't know about you, but. I felt like okay, I got to hike. I got to walk. I got to keep moving. Um, yeah, because I I knew what was you know ahead. The pressure of being in the red suit or being yeah, and people don't tell you you can't do it. So because no one said you're nuts, I just I figured <laughs> you know what? Why not? Of course, I was young. I just of course I can do this. Right. And I do believe, like, I mean, as I'm getting older and, and you know, the hormonal shift and everything that's going on in, in my life now and what you've gone through, I think that, you know, with age, it just, weight sticks. It just doesn't yeah. come off quite as easily. So you really have no. to stick to a to a certain diet. And and that kind of brings me to uh, the, your lifestyle now. I mean, you're you're an avid runner. I believe you're fully. I haven't been running in. I haven't been running though in two months. Yeah, I've run eight marathons. Um, I finished eight marathons, and just to kind of back up a little bit, I ran my first marathon just on a whim because a friend was running one, and I did the whole twenty six point two miles. And then I thought, well, this is a. um, It was just a, a good way to claim I'm athletic, so don't. Don't stress me out trying to be a super skinny person. I'm athletic. So I wanted to prove to people. It's like I felt like I had to prove things to people. Right. And so I ran eight marathons, two of them right after having my first and second child. Wow. That's, I mean, I can't run around the block without just being completely (laughs) winded. And I don't care how in shape (laughs) I ever was. Like running is just not, isn't, does not come naturally for me. Um, but yeah, but I, I think it. it's the athlete in you too because you you can you were competitive and you you did competitive you know swimming so I think I'm that was still just in, competitive yes I am competitive in everything not not in an obnoxious way but more for myself I'm so driven internally to do my best and set a bar and get to where I'm going and not to take excuses or no for an answer and not to be a victim and mm-hmm. 
you know, I need to get through this and I'm so hard on myself. And, mm. and, um, I think that's how I got to where I am because I just don't give up. Yeah. That's a big one. I always say that, um, you know, just never, never give up, whether it be, you know, my thyroid sexy audience and, uh, you know, finding the right doctor who really truly believes in them and their symptoms and what they're going through. And I know that you, you did, you do suffer from um, hyperthyroidism. Yes. So after my third son, I was 33 years old and um, I was married for the second time and had two stepdaughters. So at some point I would have five kids. And my boys, my two older sons, were constantly, they were in like seven sports for two little boys, plus the girls were doing volleyball. So we were constantly just shuffling around. I was living in Southern California at the time in Orange County. And um, I remember when I would put Noah, my son, down for a nap, the baby, I would take a nap with him. It's like I just needed to have a nap. And from all the things I've said before of being able to recover from pregnancy and run marathons, I always had had tons of energy. So I couldn't understand what is this nap thing and why am I slowing down and why do I not feel good? So I finally went to um, a doctor in Beverly Hills and he not only looked at my blood work, he looked at symptoms of my body, which Mm -hmm. were crusty elbows, um, And even something as funny as if your palm is flat, where the edge of your pinky lies compared to the ring finger joint. I'm looking at my hand right now. (laughs) Yeah, put it super flat, both of them. And sometimes one pinky is longer than the other. But when your pinky is less it is shorter than the the um, crease where your ring finger is. Mm-hmm. Most likely on one side of your family, you have a thyroid problem. I, that's, that's what this, this guy said. This is the said. first I had ever heard of that. <laughs> and I'm looking and I'm short. So On both so this, sides or one? Hold, I, well, I, hold on. I have to give you a second here. <laughs> both sides. We've got everyone checking their hands now. We have everyone checking their hands. Both Sometimes sides. people's... Yeah. Sometimes people's pinky is um, parallel or at the same level as the joint. But people who have thyroid seem to have shorter pinkies or one is short and then the other's not. Anyway, so this guy was, he and he also would do an ultrasound. So he wanted to know if I, if my um, thyroid was overworking or I had cysts or whatever. So it was much more than just the blood work, which I really enjoyed hearing from him and, and knowing that he was thorough. And so that's very unusual. On, thought, that's very unusual yeah, too in the yeah. early 90s. Yes. Yeah. 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 Noah was born in 94. So this is probably 1996 or so. Okay. And so once I went on medication and having to try different kinds of medication, I just started feeling better and didn't really need the naps and felt more like the Kim in my 20s versus the Kim in my 30s. Right. So I have been off and on thyroid um, because you know me, I'm <laughs> off trying to figure out how can I better myself and how can I get rid of this? And I feel like I'm not perfect if I have a thyroid problem. So how can I get off medicine? I don't want to be reliant on something. Right. And so um, I would go off and on and have my blood work checked all the time and my TSH and making sure that I was 
doing the right thing. Because most people, once they, they're on, they figure they have to be on for the rest of their lives. And I'm like, well, why? There was a Wilson's theory that I was reading about. And I thought, I just, you know, if if there's a way to possibly not be on it, I'm going to try and figure out how to not be on it. So off and on four different times, and now I'm 58 years old, and I'm back on again. Yeah. And they just increased my dose. <laughs> yeah, so, I've, I've been, like, since since being diagnosed, I've consistently, I mean, I've changed. I've, I've tried different things. I was, you know, on uh, a synthetic form of, of thyroid, uh, Synthroid and Levothyroxine, and, you know, then you do the Cytomel yep. or whatever. But for yep. me, the... Um, uh, the natural desiccated thyroid works best. So I, yeah. everyone's different. I was on that and now I'm on the other. Okay. So, yep, mine after, I don't know if your body gets used to it or what, but I did that change. So I, I flipped from... You know, and so I think I'm that's, Im- and it's it's important too. I mean, we just, we need to listen to our bodies and, you know, what works best for one isn't going to work, you know, for another. And, right. and I, I really try to stress that um, because people feel like they need to follow a certain way or, a, you know, and there is not one way. There's just so many different um, ways to look at it. And it's ultimately yep. how you feel. So, yep. Yep. Um, now, you know, with your, your relationships and your, um, you have three beautiful sons and, um, and I mean, beautiful <laughs> I saw those pictures. I'm just like, oh, yeah. My. They all look like me, but they they're do. different. And the oldest and youngest are very similar, and they they have different dads. Mm-hmm. So um, it's it's a lot of Kim it's a lot there. of you. It's a, <laughs> there's a lot of Kim in there. And yeah, all those babies. And I spent I spent lots of time with them. I really put them first all mm-hmm. while I was in my career. And those boys still love their mother and would fight to the death for me. It's just um, something you can never get back. And my oldest son is now 32, and my youngest will be turning 25. And there's just a a bond and a love, and they know that no matter what, they were always first. Yeah, that's that's so so important. And I think that at at an early age, too, I mean, just showing up to being there for the for the games and um, and whatever, whatever they they did, just showing up. um, It just means it means so much. It's it's something you'll never forget. It's that bond that. Well, and take it from me, an empty nester now for years, five, six, seven years, it's you miss it. I want to go watch your kids play yes. hockey because I don't well, I know have we've been anymore. talking about that. So I want, yes, definitely. Next time, uh, and Stella, I mean, my youngest, she's, yes. she's our athlete. So she's, yes. and she reminds me, I mean, your story, which I had never heard, uh, you know, as far as your, you know, competitive swimming and all of this, she is so competitive. Um, they lost, yeah. uh, their, uh, their hockey game. She she uh, made a goal. She was so upset. She wouldn't yep. talk to anybody. She yep. slammed her door when she got home. She's ten, so uh, I definitely have a tomboy and a very opinionated "I'm going to win" kind of girl. Um, yeah, which I love. I love that. Yep. Um, And being a mother of boys, I just learned to leave mine alone. And I wasn't allowed to say, are you okay? 
Like if they were, they said, mom, I could be dying on the football field or the lacrosse field. I mm-hmm. don't care if blood is pouring out. Don't you ever come down on the, on the field, field and ask, are you all right? <laughs> you stay <laughs> in the you stands. Want a sprint, you're just like, wait a minute. I know. But they just wouldn't let me. So, you know, and when your kid is hurt, everyone in the stands is looking at you. And you're like, yeah, okay, it's going to be fine. I can't go down there. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, you know, I I did say in in your intro that um, you're a newlywed. And it is Valentine's Day. Yeah, I've been married. I know. He's he's so cute. He went and got balloons and uh, brought them over. And he's like, what are you going to do? I'm like... (laughs) I, you know, I don't know. I just started talking to him. I remember I was in New York City two years ago and by myself on Valentine's. And I mean, I'd been married twice before and, you know, pretty much always had a boyfriend somewhere. But that Valentine's two years ago, I was all by myself. So I had a date with a spin bike. I mean, that was my mm-hmm. date. Yeah. And then right in New York City, right next to the Equinox Health Club was a Dunkin' Donuts, and I was going to go walk in there and have a donut. I ended up forgetting. <laughs> so that's when I started talking to my husband two years ago, and um, then it just happened quick, and I moved out here, and life has changed in the last two years. Yeah. It's been great. Uh, yeah, for the for the better. It's it's great. It's, it's so fun watching you two. Um, and, and just, and, you know, sometimes just getting to, to that place or, or finding... Um, you know, especially when we've been in marriages or in long-term relationships and taking that time to really just yes. uh, clear, clear, you know, yes. clear our minds and clean the slate and get, well, get I had really. To, I had to definitely heal my heart. Mm-hmm. I had to spend time alone. I wasn't, you know, not that, as I said, that's yeah. not my favorite thing to do, but in New York city, I was in this tiny little apartment and um, I would just walk everywhere. Just. I couldn't stay busy because I didn't have a, a job. When you're self-employed, you don't have a nine to five. So right. some people rely on that work for distraction or a comfort or whatever. Mm-hmm. I never knew what every day was going to bring. Every day was different. Right. So working through that, you know, just being alone and 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 like you said, you're not you're not a good person. You're not you're not good at it. Um, you know, you were one that was always, you know, with people or even just living by yourself when you had the means in New York. It was uncomfortable and for you. I'm such I'm such a server. So if I'm mm-hmm. home with my boys, I want to be fixing the meals and waiting on them and running around. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just love taking care of other people. Right. So I had to be stripped of being able to take care of other people and just really focus and worry about and what take care of want. you. I'm like, Wow. Well, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I should do. So, or you had um, to stop yeah, and look been, at yourself and look at yes. what makes you happy. What What yes. do you enjoy doing? Yep. And, and then I, it's okay to take time for myself. Sometimes, when you're so busy serving other people, you feel like it's not okay. You're like, oh, I have to do something more. And at some point, you have to realize it's okay to take care of me. Oh, for sure. And then I believe that as we do that, we move into a space that's um, just comfortable. And there's a sense of confidence too, when you're okay yeah. with who you are. Uh, yeah. I believe that that's when you know, the door opens and you kind of like that, that's when that special someone can come into your life. And it, and it, 
it, it start on a foundation that's that's healthy. Yes, exactly. And made up for yeah. a successful marriage. So I'm super, yes. super happy for you guys. What, you know, I always say, well, what, what could be a, a good takeaway um, as far as advice or something, you know, what you would say to the younger audience out there with everything well, I, that you've gone through and what your journey and, uh, you know, marriage. Well, and, look at both your and my career. <laughs> we both had careers yeah. that people dream about. Yep. And so young girls that might be listening to this would say, oh, I want to be a supermodel. Oh, I want to be an actress. And um, it's such a it's such a hard business, as you know. It's such a, a vicious, um, rip-apart business. Um, and you really have to have that inner strength of knowing who you are and drawing healthy boundaries. And also being able to walk away when things don't seem right. I was put in a lot of situations when I was young on set that my agency had me go to. And it would be a bad situation or turn into a bad situation because it was art. And mm-hmm. in the name of art, why don't you just take all your clothes off? It'll make a beautiful picture. And I'd be like, uh, no, no, I'm going. And have everyone in the whole room angry at me. And my agency calling saying, what is your problem? And me having to say, I'm not doing it. Yeah. And so um, young girls that are looking at this as a business um, always just have something else to fall back on. You can't walk into this business desperate because it's going to lead to bad situations mm-hmm. and bad decisions. So um, finding and knowing healthy boundaries, being able to say no, um, standing up for what you believe in are all really important things that it's tough at a young age to have to do, but it's really important for the rest of your life. That's great advice. It's so true too. I mean, walking in I, with social media and and the filters and the you know the this and the that and uh, this perception that everything is wonderful. Uh, right, you see that far too often, and I think it's just a tall order for these young ladies too. Uh, well, and also this look at me. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants, oh, look at me, look at me, look at mm-hmm. me. And we're so self-centered. We need to drop our phones and go and help somebody else. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. What kind of society are we turning into where it, it's just constantly, oh, here's me in front of a milkshake. And oh, here's me <laughs> standing on the platform at the subway. And oh, here's me doing the, who cares? Yeah, it's go just a different something. time. It, 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 it just is. like. I, my kids just introduced me to this, um, well, my older one, uh, he's in New York right now, but he, he showed the Snapchat and all the, oh, and no. I, well, I'm, I'm waiting in parent pickup. And so I just kind of go through each, each one and I have Cupid popping out of my head and, and hearts here and there. And I have, um, you can you have a beard and, you know, be the mountain man. It's, it's truly, um, it's unreal. I mean, they, these things, huh. they change your voice. And I mean, it's kind of fun and trivial as I'm sitting there waiting and, you know, you kind of poke a little fun uh, with that. But uh, it is, it's just a different world entirely. Even you like, know what I would, oh, go ahead. you know what I would like to suggest is that we drop our phones, take five minutes and pray for someone else. Oh, I mean, we didn't bring up that. faith, but as, no. a, as a Christian, yep. 
woman, it is, it is about other people and it is about relationships and it is about, um, just spending time understanding and learning other people. And they're, everyone's got wants and needs and, and struggles and things they're going through. And so, I mean, my son's at a young age when I was in New York City, an ambulance would go by. We would stop and pray for whoever was in the ambulance. And that's, that's how they were raised. Yeah. So instead of another look at me, oh, look at me as the ambulance is going by, right. take that time and do something for someone else. Right. It goes a long way. Yeah. You are truly inspiring, Kim. Thank you so, so very much for doing this interview and um, speaking your truth and your story. And, and I know it's going to definitely inspire others out there to just kind of take a breath and whatever their faith is to um, just, just uh, reflect love and, um, and for me, it's prayer. So I, I can relate yeah. uh, with you on that. Yeah. But thank you so much for, for spending this, uh, I think, 45 minutes or even more. I think we went over our time, but I couldn't help it. <laughs> um, well, thanks again, sweetie. Yeah, thank you. Have a good day. You too. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, you too. Kim Alexis, what an incredible interview that was. She had me looking at my hands. I'm trying to figure this out. That's the first I've ever heard. Um, So, you know, we learn something new every day. But uh, such great inspiration and wisdom uh, that I got from that. And what a perfect way, uh, you know, to, to kind of align ourselves in being okay with ourselves and kind of falling in love with who we are. And I find that, so fitting for Valentine's Day. To get more information on Kim Alexis, go to her website, kimalexis.com. You can also find her on Instagram and on Facebook. Also, she wrote a book on thyroid, which is on eBooks and on Amazon. So once again, thanks, Kim Alexis. Happy Valentine's Day to all of you. And remember, be kind to one another.